Hey, I'm Abby. And I'm Luke. And, and you're listening to The Silent Room, where no one is silent. We first wanted to start off by saying Happy Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So, we have a super fun lineup of episodes coming up. Today, we wanted to talk about the organization Liberty in North Korea. Liberty in North Korea, also known as LINK, is a nonprofit organization that works alongside the North Korean people to accelerate change. But before we start, I would like to welcome Sarah Kim, who is the Senior Growth Coordinator at Liberty in North Korea. Hi, so nice to meet you both and to be on the podcast today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for being our first podcast guest. Since there are very large consequences for defectors that get caught, how are they able to attempt to defect multiple times? There's some some people who they escape and then and during the process they get caught and then they get sent to a uh, prison and um, while they're in prison, they get so sick. The prison basically is like, oh, like we don't want you to end your life here. We just want you to end your life at home. So they send them out and then they survive. They make it. And then there's other times when like the period of time within these prison camps is temporary. And there's other, and there are also cases of people who have escaped from these prisons. For example, there's one in a story of um, one person who actually was raised in a political prison camp. He was born there, he was raised there, and then he ended up escaping from there. And so there's also um, stories of people who have escaped from these prisons as well. What services does Link provide to help assimilate defectors into South Korean culture? For the most part, uh, our organization works with North Koreans who have resettled in South Korea or the United States. And fun fact, one of our staff in South Korea, who is actually North Korean herself, and so she escaped 10 years ago, and now she's able to help people who have escaped. Um, But it's true that there's a lot of challenges that our North Korean friends face when they resettle. So one person said, they feel like they went into a time machine and then they got launched 70 years into the future. So imagine being in a, like living where you are now and then being seven years into the future. And then there's like all this new technology, like people are like in holograms, like, I don't know, ready player one mode, you know, there's like a whole new world, but that's basically what a lot of our North Korean friends face. Cause there's all these new skills that they need to learn. Like, Um, learning how to use Microsoft Office and um, creating a bank account and, um, you know, even like riding the subway. And then there's the additional stress. So that's like things that they have, things that they have to get used to and learn. But then there's also just the additional stress of all those things that we also face, like what kind of, what are we going to study in university? What are we going to do with our lives? What jobs do we want? And um, how are we going to take care of our families? And then on top of that, a lot of our North Korean friends are by themselves because they have to escape by themselves. Um, Sometimes it's too dangerous to even tell their families that they're leaving. So they have to keep it a secret from their families. Um, One of the primary ways that Link helps our North Korean friends is by helping to build out this community so that they know that they have a support network. And we use this term called self-efficacy. And self-efficacy is the belief that you can do what you set your mind to. And of course, it's not like I can do, I can like jump off this building and I'll be safe. That's not the idea of self-efficacy, but it's like the journey that you had from North Korea into China, into Southeast Asia, that's huge. You've overcome death and you've done so many things and you are assimilating to a new country and that's huge. And we know that you can continue to achieve your goals here in South Korea or the United States. So 
that's one aspect. And another aspect is by building their um, skills and their capacity. So one way is by tutoring English, by helping them like start new businesses, helping them, um, you know, manage their finances better, really just like giving them the support and community so that they know that, um, yeah, to just like, so that they can expand on the potential that they've already have, like they already had it in North Korea, and then they get to really live out the potential that they have in freedom now. How has COVID affected your operations? Yeah, that's a really important question. So North Korea actually shut down its borders really early. So North Korea shut down its borders in January 2020. So um, in December was when like the first cases were coming out and like a lot of that's when like the first deaths were happening. And um, but then North Korea sealed its borders in January 2020 and um, in order to protect itself from COVID. And so on the one hand, some people are like, oh, maybe they decreased the actual cases that could have happened because they sealed it off so completely. But um, it's also been very, very difficult for people to leave. So in the past, people would be able to bribe border guards, people would be able to sneak over the border. But right now, the border is so completely sealed that people can't leave and people can't come in at all. And so the number usually in like at tw- in like 2016, 2017, the people that were escaping and finding freedom was like over a thousand. But then um, last year it was in 2020, it was like 250, like 200 people. And so the actual number of people that are even able to escape has decreased so much. There's way more security in China, a lot easier for people to get caught in China. And that's also really, really impacted our work there. How have the borders been strengthened? Yeah, there are more guards and they're actually, they've been told to like basically shoot anyone unconditionally if they're trying to escape. And this like in the past, like that wasn't like a policy. It was more like arrest and take them or, um, you know, there was a more bribery that was possible. But recently we've been hearing that there was like an, um, they've been telling them like, oh, unconditionally shoot people on site. And um, yeah, like there's just very, very strict, like even more harsh punishment near the border for anyone who's trying to leave. So do you think these sealed borders will become more of a norm for North Korea? That's actually something that a lot of North Korean experts are keeping their eyes on right now because so North Koreans are actually struggling a lot from this because people can't go back and forth, but also goods and food can't go back and forth. And so the trade is down. And so North Koreans are actually facing a shortage of even like the most basic supplies like toothpaste and, you know, soap and things like that. And they have to only eat the food that is grown within North Korea. So there's like very low there's like people are very worried about another famine coming. People are worried about um, just like North Koreans starving again. It's actually been a way for the North Korean government to have more of like a firm control over the people. And so a lot of North Korean experts are like, hmm, I wonder if Kim Jong-un, the leader, will keep it that way. I wonder if it will stay that way because it's kind of like a good situation for them because they have a lot more control and they can always say it's because of COVID. And so um, everyone's just kind of keeping their eyes on the ground. But we also have been hearing that a trade with China might start up again soon. So we're hoping that happens just for the sake of our North, like people in North Korea who need more food and access to basic necessities. How can the youth of today help advocate against these injustices in North Korea? In other words, how can we kids help make the world a better place? 
Oh, there's so many ways. One way is that um, you can actually go to libertyinnorthkorea.org slash advocate. And we're asking everyone right now to write letters to their Congress people. There are key Congress people who are part of either like the Foreign Relations Committee or are just in these like major stakeholder positions. The Biden administration is actually still, um, they haven't released a comprehensive like approach to North Korea yet. They're not, they haven't decided like, this is what we're going to do for North Korea. So we're asking um, everyone to write letters to the Congress people to really advocate that human rights be put on the table for North Korea. Um, and the other thing you could do is actually start a rescue team or a link chapter at your school. And so rescue teams or link chapters are basically um, these like groups of people with two purposes. One is to raise awareness of North Korea. So you can talk about the issue, share documentaries, learn about North Korea every week. And then the other is to raise funds. So as you do everything from a bake sale to a garage sale to just asking friends and family, you're raising funds to help North Korean people directly. So I'm starting a rescue team and the advocacy campaign. Those are the two things that um, the youth of today can do. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing all this information with us. All of Link's socials will be linked down below in the description box. They also have some really cool and amazing merchandise that helps fund their organization. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode about Liberty in North Korea. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And tune in to next week's episode of The Silent Room, where no one is silent. Bye. Thank, thank you. you.